We've got this. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. We've got this. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. We've got this. Find an away. Hey friends, Danelle here. Before I dive into this episode, just want to let you know that right now, Cervical Wellness Online, my signature program, is currently on sale for 35% off under the Life Celebration Sale. So in honor of life in general and the fact that I'm turning 35 on February 18th, I wanted to put this course on sale for 35% off. And also in honor of my friend who passed, which if you listen to last um, the last episode, I go into more detail about what that has meant for me. So go ahead and head to the show notes if you are interested in joining Cervical Wellness Online to holistically heal abnormal pap smears and to cultivate pelvic well-being in your life. For 35% off, the coupon code is in the show notes. And many women have had great success with this program. It is, like I said, my signature course, and it is the place where you can get the most information (laughs) that I could ever provide about how to heal your cervix yourself, or just really anything about what cervical wellness entails. It is all within that program. So head to the show notes, use the coupon code, and get in on the live celebration sale. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Cervical Wellness Podcast. I am Danal Barbara Randall, and today I'm going to be addressing something that is probably the number one question that I get through my platform of cervical wellness, and that is, Danelle, should I get a colposcopy? Now, if you listen to this podcast and you don't know what a colposcopy is, or if you do not currently, or you are not currently experiencing abnormal pap smears, perhaps this episode isn't necessarily for you. I mean, you're you're welcome to continue to listen to it, clearly, (laughs) for educational purposes. But what this episode is all about is to speak directly to the women who have HPV and or cervical dysplasia and have had an abnormal pap smear. They have gotten pap smear results back that show um, LSIL or uh, HSIL or ASUS. It's like ASCUS if you, ASUS, ASCUS, (laughs) oh, the acronyms of um, modern gynecology. And if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, then that's great (laughs) because all those acronyms are for really long words that basically mean, oh, there are some abnormalities being shown on the smear test. And the next step that the gynecologist will prompt you to follow through with is to get a colposcopy biopsy done or to have a colposcopy. And this is what I want to talk about because I probably once a day, maybe once every two days, sometimes multiple times a day, I get asked the question, Danelle, should I get a colposcopy done? Should I have a colposcopy appointment? 
And I'm creating this episode to have it be (laughs) in the record so that I can point women to this episode. I'm going to explain what a colposcopy is because I realize that many, many, most people (laughs) do not know what a colposcopy is and it's not your fault that you don't know because I didn't know until when I experienced them. So I actually had seven colposcopy biopsy procedures, treatment, not treatments, um, appointments. And then I, you know, through my platform of cervical wellness, did a little more research and looked into like what exactly was happening. And it's important that we know what's going on when we go into these sorts of appointments. So the colposcopy appointment, in essence, is an an appointment where the practitioner, whether it's a nurse practitioner or an OBGYN, uses what is called a colposcope to get a closer view of your cervix. It is a like a big microscoped magnifying glass type of device. It's like a camera actually that when they peer into it and look at your cervix or they're they're able to see the face of the cervix more closely. It's magnified. And with this magnification, they are able to see the affected areas of the face of the cervix that are showing signs of dysplasia. This could look like redness, veininess, clear signs of inflammation, discoloration, or they might even do a chemical wash. Um, I'm forgetting of the type of liquid they use. It's like non-corrosive. It's basically like a stain that highlights the area of dysplasia to be seen more easily. Uh, When they are able to see the areas that are affected by dysplasia, they will then want to do or take biopsies of the targeted areas. And with the biopsies of the targeted areas, the targeted areas being the parts of the cervix that are showing signs of dysplasia, they can then send those off to the laboratory to determine the grade of cervical dysplasia. When you receive the results back from the biopsy, this will give you the grade of cervical dysplasia that is presenting on the face of your cervix. And this is where the diagnosis of CIN comes from. So CIN means cervical intraepithelial neoplasia. And intraepithelial means that the abnormal cells are present on the surface of your cervix and have not grown past the surface layer. If it grows past the surface layer, that's when it is um, qualified as beginning stages of cervical cancer. The surface layer is the epithelial tissue of your cervix. And the word neoplasia refers to the growth of abnormal cells. So cervical intraepithelial neoplasia is given in three grades, one, two, or three. And what the grades one, two, or three indicate is the depth of abnormality within that intraepithelial tissue. 
So once it reaches beyond the epithelial tissue, beyond SIN3, that's when we're beginning into carcinoma in situ, which is considered stage zero cervical cancer, where it's starting to get into the... Um, the, the deeper layers of the epithelial of the cervix. And once it gets even deeper, that's when stage one cervical cancer arises. So for those of you who have SIN 1, 2, or 3, that is an indication that the abnormalities on the face of your cervix are getting into the deeper levels of the epithelial of your cervix. And this is why then the next step that uh, gynecologists recommend following a colposcopy biopsy is then the LEAP procedure. Because in their mind and in their practice, what the LEAP does is cut away the abnormal cells from the epithelial tissue to then remove the abnormality from the body. Now, if you have been listening to my work or following me on Instagram for any amount of time, you would know that the way that I see cervical dysplasia and particularly the LEAP procedure with cervical dysplasia is that it is, in my mind, like silencing the messenger, where the LEAP procedure doesn't actually address the underlying cause as to why our cervix, our body is creating abnormal cells in this intraepithelial region of our cervix. Like why are the cells becoming abnormal? It's not just becoming abnormal for no reason. But that is for another conversation. I can get on my soapbox there and I'm just going to come back to colposcopy and colposcopy biopsy. So the colposcopy appointment is, like I mentioned, twofold. There is the use of the colposcope to get a closer view of the cervix, to be able to magnify the face of the cervix, to be able to see more readily the parts of the cervix that are showing signs of cervical dysplasia or of abnormalities. And then the second part of the appointment is to have a biopsy or several biopsies taken of the um, observed affected area to then be taken to a lab to then determine the grade of dysplasia that is present. Now, what's very important to remember about any of these sorts of procedures that are just an assessment, such as a pap smear or even a colposcopy, is that they are not an absolute thing. Meaning, what these tests indicate is really just a snapshot in time. What is your cervix presenting today in this moment? And what is the grade of dysplasia today. And the reason why I want to qualify that is because I have known many, many, many women have had many consultations, have spoken to many women from around the world who have said that they had one colposcopy appointment, one colposcopy biopsy appointment done 
one day and then they have another one as a second opinion done just a few weeks later and the results are completely different. So the thing about our physical body is it is very dynamic. It is never, ever, ever static. And that's one thing that Western allopathy and these sorts of tests lead us to believe is that it's like that the test results are like what it is and how it's been and who we are forever. But really what it's just representing is a snapshot in time of the state of our body that day, that hour. And so, you know, for women who get a colposcopy biopsy done and the result says sin three cervical dysplasia and their doctor is wanting them to come in and do a leap immediately, one thing that I recommend is actually going and getting a second opinion. Because one, I don't believe that treatment in this capacity of surgically removing the face of the cervix should or needs to be done on impulse because there's no way that cervical cancer will develop within a week. Actually, I take that back, erase that. Things can happen quickly in the body, but what I have seen just in the thousands of women I've spoken to over the last seven years is that it <laughs> cervical cancer does not develop overnight once they receive the SIN 3 or SIN 2 or SIN 1 dysplasia diagnosis from their first colposcopy biopsy. And so with the clients that I have invited to get a second opinion, I've had many of them come back to me and be like, Danelle, it's a completely different grade. Now they're telling me I just have sin one. Like, what the heck is that about? And the only thing that I can say is like, well, it's just a snapshot in time. What a colposcopy procedure provides is information surrounding the state of your cervical health that day. And if you had another colposcopy biopsy done one month later, but in between that time, you went through a breakup, maybe you had a sudden death in the family, maybe you got really sick and had another viral infection or just went through a stressful event, you could have a colposcopy biopsy a month after that and the dysplasia could be worse. Or perhaps in that in two weeks or two months time, um, you could find that like this something stressful that's been weighing heavy on you has been relieved. Maybe um, you get proposed to, or maybe um, I don't know. You go on a vacation for two weeks and just like lounge and swim in the ocean and and are happy and enjoy and just feel good in your body. The next colposcopy biopsy, like a month later after that, could show improvement. So the thing about colposcopy that many, many women get confused about is thinking that it is some sort of treatment that will help them. And so they ask me, should I get a colposcopy done? And what I say back to them, my response to that is, well, do you want to have more information? 
would having more information help you in your cervical healing journey? Do you want to know the grade of cervical dysplasia as your cervix stands today or the day that you get the colposcopy done? Here's a caveat as well, is you could have a colposcopy um, appointment done, but not get a biopsy done, where you can go and just have the practitioner get a closer look of your dysplasia, I mean, of your cervix, and they could tell you what they see. But you do not have to consent to a biopsy if you don't want to. And this is something that many women do not know. They thought they had to. And I'm like, honey, you don't have to do anything in the doctor's office. Remember, we're paying them. We are paying them for their help. So we don't owe them anything. I don't think I've said that on the podcast yet, but that's something I say often to my clients and in my programs is we don't owe our doctors anything. So going into a colposcopy appointment, we don't owe them a biopsy. We can choose and consent to a biopsy of the face of our cervix if we are wanting to have more information regarding the state of health that our cervix is presenting that day? What is the grade of cervical dysplasia that is within my body today? For some women, that information doesn't help. And if I'm honest, after about the four-year mark on my cervical healing journey and I underwent seven biopsy appointments, I stopped having colposcopy biopsies. I was just like, I'm done. Nope. I don't want any more. Like this information isn't helping me because what I found in my circumstance is that actually that information led to coercion and bullying on the part of my medical providers. And I simply didn't want to engage in that anymore. I had put a line in the sand for myself. I drew a line in the sand that says, nope, there's no way that I am going any other route besides healing my body myself. And so this information doesn't even help me. I'll continue to have pap smears and they can monitor my cervix with just the colposcope. But um, I didn't want colposcopy biopsies anymore. But for me, that was at the four year mark. I was just, I was done. So If you are wondering, should I get a colposcopy biopsy? Should I have a colposcopy appointment? Ask yourself, like really tune into your body, to your heart, to your mind. Be like, do I want more information? Because for some, it is really helpful to get clear about what it is you are working with and addressing in your body. It's kind of like if you don't have the information, it's like, oh, like you might always be wondering like, oh, how bad is it? Like you might think it's only sin one, but then you get the colposcopy biopsy like, oh, it's sin three. Okay. And that maybe puts a little fire under your bum to devote even deeper to the cervical healing journey. And so this is really up to you, your mental constitution your capacity to hold this sort of information in a good way for yourself. Like another thing that I've seen with women is they will get the colposcopy biopsy done and they'll get the results. And instead of taking the results as 
something neutral, like, oh, this is just more information for me to withhold within myself that I can utilize on behalf of my cervical healing journey to prompt me to do XYZ. They take the diagnosis and the results as like truth end all be all. This is like how it is. And I'm just on the highway to cancer. And they end up in a fear spiral and um, just makes things worse for them. I've been there. I was that person. So <laughs> I, when I received this question, I kind of turned the tables on them. I'm like, well, what about, what do you think? Should you get a colposcopy biopsy done? Would this information help you? Knowing that it's not actually helping the healing of your cervix in any way. It is not addressing the dysplasia at all. It is just purely providing information. Now, the part of it that I would like to bring forward is that biopsies are a physical wounding of the cervix. And a few years ago, I really wish I would have saved this PubMed um, research article because I've tried to find it since, but it's just buried in the literature and I can't find it. But I found, I saw a research article that showed that too many colposcopy biopsies in too short amount of time, like every three months or every six months, actually can worsen dysplasia, can actually make it worse. It's like aggravating of the cervix. It is like the way I see it is like the cervix is getting pissed off that little pieces are being removed from her. And so like the abnormalities amplify because cervix is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so that is something to consider that if you are on the, the track of having regular colposcopies every three to six months, just put in the back of your head that there, oh God, I really wish I could find the article. Ugh, I, I'm like, past and all, why didn't you download it and save it? That it actually could be um, worsening of the condition, of the situation. So that's just a little note. And also to remember that when and if you do get a colposcopy biopsy done, that it is a wounding of the cervix, like an open wound, and there really should be nothing penetrating you for at least four to six weeks minimum to allow the cervix to heal the wound, to like tend to the um, the like physical opening of the epithelial, and um, also for you to kind of recover from the experience of having a biopsy done. I know many women are like, oh, but my partner, like, what about sex? I'm like, well, he's going to have to be okay with not penetrating you for a month or so. Like, there's other ways to be intimate. And this is also true with tampons. This is also true with um, a diva cup, um, a dildo, a yoni wand. Like, after colposcopy biopsy, please, please, please just give your vaginal canal space cervix space from anything touching the face of it or coming close to the face of it for minimum four weeks, ideally six weeks um, to allow that wound or multiple wounds because sometimes they take multiple biopsies, like three to four sometimes to heal. 
and cervix can and does heal on its own there's nothing I, I don't like recommend you putting anything in there to to help it just let cervix recover so the colposcopy the great mystery of the cervical healing journey is nothing but an, a, a deeper diagnostic tool something that uh western gynecology uses to determine the grade of cervical dysplasia that is present to then inform them about what the next best treatment protocol for you is and 9.9 times out of 10 they will recommend the leap procedure now i'm not going to go into very heavily right now my perspective on the LEAP procedure, because that could be for another podcast episode. But what I do want to say is that please, 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 please give yourself some integration time upon receiving the diagnosis, like what the grade of dysplasia is. Do research around the LEAP procedure. Really become informed about what is happening. Read forums and stories of post-healing of the LEAP procedure. Look into and learn about the anatomy of the cervix. Um, I mean, I have lots of resources. You can read my book or my course my program, well, that's about healing, but even my free content library has a, a video of like intro to the cervix so that you can really understand what the LEAP procedure is going to do to your cervix if you do choose that route. And for any of you who are listening who have already gotten the LEAP procedure, this is not to judge you or shame you or anything like that. Please understand this. So many of us make decisions because we're told that this is the best and only option for us and we don't know any better. And this is why I am using my platform to call for us to really become informed and aware and empowered about what is being asked of us in these sorts of procedures and diagnostic uh, appointments as well. Because without being informed, aware, and empowered, which is also the title of my book, we are really just handing over the reins to the people in the white coats. And trust me, I have, I did that a lot in my youth and there are things where I'm just like, why, oh, why did I not know any better? But it's because I didn't know any better and nobody told me. So if you have had the LEAP procedure and you still have cervical dysplasia and you are in the colposcopy biopsy track and you're being asked to do another LEAP procedure, let this be the time when you're like, hold up, I'm going to just slow the roll here. And I'm going to educate myself about the cervix, about what cervical dysplasia is, about the energetics behind HPV. If I have HPV, like what is actually happening so that my cervix is creating these abnormal cells? There is a why behind this and I can address the why and I don't have to silence the messenger once more. 
Now for the women who have high grade SIN 3 and maybe even carcinoma in situ and you are really leaning towards the LEAP procedure because you are closer towards the cervical cancer diagnosis than say the lower grades of dysplasia and you choose to have the LEAP procedure, I just wanna say I completely understand. Like to be confronted with the reality of just like having one foot towards cervical cancer that's not quite cervical cancer yet but you're like leaning towards it and it would feel better in your body to have the leap procedure done um to then do the back end work of addressing the underlying causes so that it doesn't research that is a pathway that I've known women to take as well. And as long as you feel informed, aware, and empowered regarding the decision, I support you in this. So I know that doesn't necessarily have to do with colposcopy, but it does in the way that colposcopy and colposcopy biopsy leads to, like 9.9 .9 times out of 10, the invitation and the suggestion of the LEAP procedure. And in each of these stages, we have to really sit with ourselves and get clear within ourselves what is the best next step for us. And really only you can determine that. And in every stage of this journey, from the pap smear to the colposcopy, LEAP procedure if you choose it, I always, always advocate to do your research, really understand what is being asked of you here, what are they going to do, even um, like look up photos, read stories, ask people, talk to people, talk to women in your life. I'm sure you know other women. I'm, I can also, I can guarantee that you know women in your life who have undergone these things. You might not know it right now because we don't talk about these sorts of things, but I bet if you ask them, either they will know because they experienced it or they know someone. And so like really gather your information and, and um, data about the situation before you make the decision. Please, no impulsive situations here. We can be clear within ourselves. We can be clear within what is right for our bodies. And this is true for the colposcopy biopsy. You get to determine if you want biopsies taken. You get to determine if having a colposcope um, exam would help you in your journey. If you just knowing that you have an abnormal pap smear, if that is enough for you to provide impetus to make changes and to educate and to deepen your relationship with your deep pelvis, like that's great. Maybe a colposcopy appointment isn't necessary, but only you can decide that. And I really, really hope that you know that. <laughs> Alrighty, friends, that is my little rant <laughs> about colposcopy which ended up going into the leap and empowering decisions know that whatever you choose for your body that is right for you and your life i support you in as i already mentioned i simply just want us to be informed aware and empowered about these decisions for ourselves hence why i named my book that
Alrighty, friends, until next time, I hope you have a beautiful day. Oh my goodness, friends, when I listened back to the episode, I realized I forgot to tell you when the sale ends. <laughs> really quickly, the live celebration sale on Cervical Wellness Online ends on Monday, February 20th. So if you are listening to the episode after this, after February 20th, sorry, the sale is over, but I put it on sale every now and then. So sign up for my newsletter and you'll get to know when the next sale on Cervical Wellness Online is. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today, friends. If you want more cervical wellness information and content, check out my website, cervicalwellness.com, or give us a follow over on Instagram at cervicalwellness. Please share this episode if it felt right and true for you. And until next time, friends, remember, we've got this.